All right, here we go on a Thursday. It's been 1100, 100.9 FM. It's Ed, Tyler, and Jared. Lots to get through, so let's start it off. The First Bite. Is Mark Davis blaming the NFL for John Gruden's resignation? I mean, I don't know what Mark Davis is blaming anyone for because he hasn't spoken yet. So uh, he spoke to Paul Gutierrez of ESPN for like 10 seconds on the phone yesterday. Said, ask the NFL. I have no comment. They have all the answers. Um, I don't know who he's blaming for it. Uh, I think everyone has assumed that the NFL is the one who leaked the emails. And then obviously they sent the emails to the Raiders. They they actually were on the record saying that the Raiders were when they got the emails last week from John Gruden. Uh is he, you know, I guess, is he blaming them for leaking them to begin with? So that's what I'm reading it as. I mean, the quote was that Paul Gutierrez tweeted out, I have no comment. Ask the NFL. They have all the answers. That to me means he's blaming them for leaking the emails. Right. Oof. And so the big issue I have with that is if you're Mark Davis, it does not matter how those emails no. became public. It does not matter how those emails were found. Your head coach sent misogynistic, racist, and homophobic emails. It doesn't matter how they got out. It is irrelevant to you as an owner how those got out. What matters is that you hired a guy that sent those emails, and you have to get rid of them at that point, right? Absolutely. So no, I mean, it, it doesn't... It's, now, you, we can look back at it and say, okay, why did John Gruden get singled out here? But that's irrelevant if you're Mark Davis, that's irrelevant to the decision-making yeah. process if you're Mark Davis. And for that to be what – that's his only comment. That is the only thing he has said other than I've accepted John Gruden's resignation. That's the only thing he has said about this. And that's, to me, completely missing the point if you're Mark Davis. 100% missing the point. Because here's – like, to me, Mark Davis has been a coward the last five days. There's no doubt about it. Like, he's he has not talked – he sent everybody else up there to talk to the media about this, but not himself yesterday, right? I mean, we're, we're hearing Darren Waller talk about this. Rich Bisacci right. has got to talk about this and not Mark Davis. And what you have right now is Mark Davis, the context here. He chased John Gruden for years. He wanted to hire John Gruden for years. This is a guy who had not been in the league for nine seasons. And Mark Davis had to have him. Yeah, I loved him. Gave him an loved unearned him. 10-year, $100 million deal. Yeah. And then on the day that they had the press conference to announce John Gruden, he called it a dream come true mm -hmm. and called it the biggest day of his life mm -hmm. when he hired this man. And then that guy he hired, that guy he wanted more than anything, ended up sending a whole bunch of emails that were racist, misogynistic, and homophobic. Mm -hmm. Right. The big fish that Mark Davis had been chasing for years was a terrible person. You have to answer for that. At some right. point, you have to answer for that. And the only thing we've gotten out of him is, uh, ask the NFL. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That is absolutely ridiculous if you're the owner of the Raiders. Well, to go to the original point, we could. there's 650,000 emails or 700,000. Who knows? I mean, the number keeps changing. I don't know how many emails are out there. To think that John Gruden in those emails is the only one who said anything inappropriate is just ignorant. I don't know who else said anything. I don't know who else this could this could touch. I guarantee there's people out there in that league sweating uh, profusely now because I don't think you know newspapers and other journalists that the, like the New York Times is going to give up. I think they probably think there's more here. We've got to chase this. So it, if let's say three or four more coaches or two or three players, there's emails along the same lines as Gruden. 
What does that have to do with Gruden and the Raiders? That has nothing to do with Gruden and the Raiders. So that shouldn't, you know, if the NFL leaked them, the NFL leaked them. If Goodell saw the email about him from from Gruden and what he said about uh, Gruden, he's like, I'm going to get you. It doesn't change the fact that he wrote them. I mean, who, who, if you know, say everyone's like, well, Roger Goodell's petty. Who cares? Doesn't matter if he's petty. Did John Gruden write the emails? Yes, he wrote the emails. That's all you need to know. If you get pulled over for going 20 miles an hour over the speed limit Hold and on. the cop walks up to your window and your is your argument going to be, well, everybody else is going 20 miles an hour over the speed limit? He He's going to be going 20 miles under the speed yeah. limit now, and going, they kept passing me. No, but when they, you get pulled over and said your registration's uh, um, to you know not uh, renewed, I say, well, my that's my wife's problem. So you always do have an answer, by the way. I've had an answer a few times. But it, the the argument of well we got singled out and other people were doing doesn't it doesn't matter. It's a, it's a terrible argument. You did it too. Like that's at the end of the day, you have to answer for this. And for Mark Davis, he has not because here. Okay, one of the things Mike Mayock said yesterday that just jumped out to me. Mike Mayock was trying to basically defend Mark Davis as like, hey, this is a guy who cares about diversity doesn't want domestic violence and social justice, right? Those are the things that he cares about. And Mike Mayock was des- was describing scenarios where he's like, all right, if we're ever drafting guys or we've got guys on our draft board that have some sort of character issue, right. he was like, I've got to go to Mark Davis's office and sit down and talk with him about whatever those issues are and whether or not there's something you know they can work with to get the player over or if it's something they just want to completely and avoid draft in the organization. Him. So you're telling me, that if Mike Mayock wants to draft a kid in the fifth round who has some character issue, he's got to go to Mark Davis's office and discuss those character issues. But that same owner is not going to talk to anybody after he hired a guy yeah. with all of those character issues. Yeah, That's what happened yeah. here. Like Mark Davis got big wide eyes about John Gruden and nothing else yeah. mattered. Nothing else mattered. He had to hire John Gruden. That was the only thing that mattered to him. And now it's blown up because of these emails, because John Gruden was not a good person. And Mark Davis is just MIA. He's just not here to answer for any of it. It's, it's not acceptable as the owner of the Raiders to make, hell, Mike Mayock said it yesterday. I don't want to speak for Mark. Right. He said it like three right. times because half the questions are things that Mark Davis should well, be answering. One, and one of them was, uh, if, if you guys knew on Friday or Saturday, why did he coach Sunday? Yeah, which is a very fair question, and that's that's the one question that has been asked most in the last three or four days. How if you got the emails on Friday, which assume you did, because the one statement from Mark Davis said, uh, "What was the exact words?" Were other materials, other materials, which obviously were these other emails. You read them. I mean, look, they're not they weren't books; they were just emails, so there you could read them pretty fast and understand what he said. And yet he still coached on Sunday, which was wrong. Yeah. Uh, because if you knew these emails and he he resigned on Monday, then h- how in the world? Do you, I mean, were you hoping these other emails didn't get out? Were you hoping that the New York Times or someone like that wasn't you know in possession of these emails and they weren't going to report it? Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe that was it. Maybe they they hoped they wouldn't get out, and the only email they email they would have to deal with was the one about Smith in terms of the racial trope. And obviously, then they're like, you know what? Maybe we'll suspend him for a game. Maybe we'll fine him. But these other emails, we're only the ones, you know, we we have them and they won't get out. I don't know other any other excuse for letting him coach. Yeah, no, not at all. I mean, Mike Mayock tried to sort of explain it as Mark Davis was doing his due diligence on the process after getting the other materials. But he if he they, he said they had the emails, emails on yeah yeah he said he had the emails on Friday, yeah. and the game wasn't until Sunday. Yeah, like. 
there was like basically 48 hours there between when the game kicked off and when Mark Davis said he had the email. The least you could have done is taken him off the field for Sunday. Yeah. And then decide, right. and then decide. okay, going forward, if people have these emails, this isn't going to work out. Because that's what normally happens. When you have a, a player or something accused of a crime or yeah, whatever, take them off right? the field. They're, they're gone. Like, in, right. And it's okay, we're going to investigate this, but you're, sure. not, you're not playing. Like, right. that, that's what happens across a lot of our sports in the U.S. And that's exactly, if you told me, hey, Mark Davis has to really dive into this to understand, you know, did John Gruden say him and what are his options as far as firing him and all that's that. That's fine if he doesn't coach. Right. So you say, hey, John Mark Gruden's Field. not coaching. We're going to we're investigating, investigating right. It, right? And, okay, it took us until Tuesday. Yeah. Fine. But that's not what happened. Mark Davis no. let him coach like it was no big deal. I mean, like you said, like the worst case scenario, and I don't know that we'll ever find this out, but the worst case scenario is that Mark Davis got the emails, read them on Friday, and decided, well, I'm not going to fire him. Because these aren't going to be public. Right. And we're going to just explain away the DeMorris Smith one. Right. And hopefully nobody ever sees these other ones and we just go on as normal. That's the worst case scenario. Because if Mark Davis did that, that's that's absurd. That's one of the most absurd things you could possibly do as an owner. Oh, I completely agree. I, I, and again, I don't know if we'll ever know because he hasn't said anything beyond the two statements. I accept his resignation and yesterday asked the NFL. And again, that that's... That's a cop-out in the sense of what's the NFL going to say? They're not going to say anything. Right. The NFL hasn't even admitted leaking the emails. <laughs> that's that's they're my not favorite come, part of this. They're not going to come forward and say, well, <laughs> yes, we leaked the emails. Yes, we just, you know, we were mad at him for saying that about Goodell. Yes, we wanted him gone. They're saying none of that. It, they're not going to say anything about anyone. The, one, the, the, the thing that I've heard that I think is an interesting theory is that it's – Actually, like the people that have the emails are the Washington Post, and the Washington Post got the emails because they're going after the Washington football they're going team. After Snyder, yeah, they're going after guys. Snyder, and Gruden is just like stepped in front of a firing yeah. squad. Yeah, right. And, and I bet the Washington Post get them. That's the and the New York Times is the one that published all the recent ones. I don't think the Washington Post is leaking to the New York Times. They just publish it themselves. No, the NFL. Yeah. There's no. The, there's there's nobody else possession. that could have done it but the no, NFL. No, like, come on, a disgruntled Washington no. football. <laughs> they don't have it. No, like it was. There's no one else who were who was no, in possession right. of them before the New York right. Times and perhaps the Washington Post. Um, perhaps the New York Times just beat him to it, and the Washington Post was doing more research. I don't know. That happens a lot too. The only other one is what maybe the DEA because this is a DEA yes. investigation. Yes. But I don't think the DEA is while investigating the trainer for uh, selling prescription pills. Is there like some Chiefs fan that's like, yeah, you know let's, what? Let's screw Gruden. I'm let's worried about the Raiders. Raiders. Let's, let's get Gruden Raiders. out of here. Yeah, you know they were three and zero at one point. <laughs> hey, 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 Chiefs fan, come on, Chargers. So I do want to ask you this on the Raiders because we saw Rich Passaccia talk yesterday. I did walk away from that thinking that's the right guy they that they could should have hired in this situation. Well, not hired, but made the interim head coach is Rich Passaccia. Like I walked away from that yeah. because. Max Crosby had great things to say about him. Mike Mayock had great things to say about him. He was very clearly, like, emotional about getting the Absolutely. Raiders job. Like, Absolutely. this is, like, a dream come true type thing. But everybody basically saying, this guy is, like, a great yeah. human. He has unbelievable respect. Like that's And that's the kind of guy you had to, in Absolutely. this instance, you had to hire. Absolutely. And I... Or not to sit name. here, and not to say, like, Gus Bradley or Greg Olson are terrible no. people or whatever. Don't know. I don't know. But... They had to hire a guy that, and assuming they're all telling the truth, they could all be lying, but assuming they're all telling the truth about Ritz Versatia, they had to hire a guy that had that respect, hire a guy that the players would actually look to and say, okay, 
this guy is different. This guy is somebody that like actually, you know, cares and is going to go out of his way to help us yeah. get through this. Yeah. I mean, I liked, I liked everything he said. I liked the fact he said, and you could tell what he's going to do is what we all thought all along. Olsen's going to handle the offense. Bradley's going to handle defense. You know what I liked a lot yesterday? At least the portion of practice we saw, he was over with the special teams. Olsen was with the offense. Yeah. Bradley was with defense. There wasn't like, hey, give me the headset. I'm the guy now. He literally was over with Carlson, uh, you know, the punters and the holders, and he was off to one side of the field like he always is, and he just let people do their jobs. And I think that's how he's going to coach, and I think that's probably how he should coach. Yeah. He's an interim. He's not going to be the full-time coach. Yeah, I mean, Olsen takes over the play calling. I think for Bisaccia, the big the big change in duties, aside from the whole leadership thing and being that the he's guy. That he's going to be on the sideline with but a headset. On, but, like, during the game is going to be, like, making – Fourth down decisions, yes. making timeout Time decisions. decisions. Like yes. that's that's going to yeah. be where, like, but he even might that? ask Olson, right? What do exactly. you think here, and right. or what do you think, Bradley? And they um, might chime in. Where yeah. maybe Gruden likely had all the power. Right, he was the head coach, and he made all those. Decisions. That that analytics guy is going to be like, whoa, 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 whoa! I don't have my headset on. I've never been asked. <laughs> they have an analytics guy. Uh, but but he hasn't been asked because they didn't go for it enough on fourth down. He's reading a comic book up in the box. All right, coming up next, we'll jump into the NHL because eh, one game into Seattle's existence and celebrating is already bad. Is Tyler a know-it-all? Can you prove him wrong? Tweet at Bischoff underscore Tyler and at Ed Graney. Mark Stone comes ahead, back and forth with Pacioretty. Now Stevenson kicks it in, it will count. Vegas back in the lead, on cue, four to three nights. The answer is yes. The officials will conference. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 AM and 100.9 FM. Why does nobody want to have fun in sports? Well, I do. I mean, I think we all do. Not as much as you do because you want complete chaos at all times. The Seattle Kraken have played one game, and there's already an issue with how they celebrate. This is ridiculous. Morgan Geeky scored the game-tying goal against the Golden Knights two nights ago. And then after the game, uh, Golden Knights players said that his celebration fired them up. You shouldn't, you shouldn't make them angry. Now, nobody can find video of this celebration. Yeah, the beat writer in Seattle's <laughs> like, I can't find the video. She can't find the video. I mean, she covers the team. No one has it. So, but apparently he did a stick twirl and then put his stick by his hip like it was a sword, right? Like putting it back in the sheath. Um, but he did this, according to the Golden Knights, in front of the Golden Knights bench and stared at them. And that's what fired up the Golden Knights. Um, but we have, a, that? we have a quote from Dave Haxtell, who is uh, the coach in Seattle. Uh, he said, I know Morgan really well, and that's not his personality. Oh, God. I looked at it on tape just to try to confirm or see it, and there's really nothing there. There's certainly no intention. There never would be. So, okay, first and foremost, Dave Haxtell, you've got to come out and just be like, that was awesome. We need more celebrations like that. I wanted him to laugh in their face, right? Like, cause we need more celebrations in hockey. But secondly, like you just said, the golden Knights needed the celebration yeah. in front of the bench to get fired You're up. Worried about some guy from Seattle when it's three, three and you've blown a three Oh yeah. lead. That's what, about, what you need to worry about. You need to worry about which they did 
you know, soccer style. They need to worry about going up 4-3. You're losing to an AHL plus team. I mean, come on. We need more celebrations. We did need... you see it? No, I haven't seen it. No, I have no idea what he did. So on the broadcast, they didn't never like, showed it. it. No, never showed it on the broadcast. That's what he did? Yeah, because because that he the Golden Knights gave that quote afterwards, right? I can't remember exactly. It was Mark Stone gave it, and somebody else also gave the same type of quote. Um, two guys talked about it. And I don't, I didn't remember seeing it during the game. And then on Twitter, I figured as soon as, as soon as the golden Knights mentioned that I figured we'd see it. I figured somebody would say, here's a celebration. 46 people. Yeah. We're two day complete two days later. And there's no video of the celebration, which is unfortunate because I want to see how awesome the celebration was. I mean, again, here's the point. You're one of the best teams in hockey. And the other thing, the other nonsense that I think the nuts is because you can't go back in the ice and and you, look if you went back in the ice and created a goal every time you got mad you'd win forty two to two, so things happen for you able to create that goal. You didn't go on and say we're going to score right now and it's going to work out right now. It's like yeah, it's, hockey doesn't work that way. Sports don't work that way. So you got not fortunate, but you earned the right to you know kick the kick the puck in the net. Um, so I kind of laughed at that. Well, he fired us up. What you weren't fired up before when you blew the three zero lead and you, you, you didn't get that didn't fire you up. Yeah, I, I read that and I kind of laughed. It's like, come on, just first of all, didn't they didn't they set the poor Kraken on fire before the game? Didn't <laughs> they, they did. like burn the Kraken? Yeah, this guy's did. just getting back because there's a sword involved with the Golden Knights. At some point, and Tyler and I used to keep track of this uh, a couple years ago. We got to get back to what is exactly the Knights' powers. At one point, he was just a knight. Yeah. Now oh. he's like a knight wizard. Yeah, he's like, like he's a no, battle he's, mage. He's Harry Potter. He's a wizard. Yeah, he's got a lot of powers over there, and we haven't really nailed down what I exactly he can do. He can exactly. summon helicopters and cowboys. Yes. Cut through planes. That's tough. Um, look, I, I didn't see it. If that's what he did, who cares? I don't care what he who did. Cares? As long as he didn't physically like assault the Golden Knights. <laughs> I hope he's celebrating. Well, I hope he's celebrating for 30 seconds. I'm not seconds. so sure I wouldn't mind him physically assaulting that person with the sword in the beginning. That would actually be funny if he skated on and, and, and knocked him if over. If he tried to fight the if actual he tried to fight the, Knights. That would be fun. That would be kind of fun. I just, I mean, I, I kind of won't. I want someone to score and then do the Marshawn Lynch jump onto the ice while grabbing the going, let me release the Kraken. And don't, yeah. Oh, don't show us up. Don't show us up. Come on. Just, I actually, who else besides Stone talked about it? Stevenson? Uh, no, I, was it Patrick? I can't remember. But someone actually, else talked after the Probably game. someone on that line, because that's the line that said, hey, we went right back on there and it yeah. fired us up and we scored. It's like, you didn't, you scored because you're in the, you're in the goal. And well, I mean, up until he kicked it in. But I mean, it worked out for you that way. Had, now, here's the thing. Had it not worked out that way and your line wouldn't have scored and then another line wouldn't have scored, but it was like, I don't know the fourth line because they played two minutes and that was the two minutes they played and they scored. <laughs> I mean, would they have been saying, you know, we picked up those other three lines because what that guy did to us was not right. Who cares? Let them celebrate. If they don't score immediately afterwards, we probably oh. never hear about it. No, we probably no. never. If hear it takes about them it. four or five minutes and right. like it's past it, it's like, yeah, well, you would look even sillier saying yeah. it at that point. Oh, it fired like, us up. Know, six we knew, minutes, or, six we, minutes later, we knew we were going to We knew score. three shifts later yeah, we, we were, were going to finally score. put one in the back of the net. Um, so they played a night in L.A. I guess the bottom six might look Press better. Strength. I guess the bottom six might look better. Uh, Matias Janmark is still going to be out because of COVID protocol. He did not travel with the team. But 
They sent Pavel Dorofeyev back to the Silver Knights, called up Jonas Ronberg and Jake Lecision, Um, which, by the way, the salary cap gymnastics, what? they had to do it for one game, apparently, and now Jake Lecision and jo- Jonas Ronberg are up here. Are back. But you're still looking at Peyton Krebs, Nolan Patrick, Evgeny Dadanov as the third line, and Ronberg, Lecision, and Kolasar as the fourth line. I don't have a whole lot of confidence that that's going to be much better. I mean, LA is worse than Seattle or should be. So maybe they'll play better, but still I don't have a lot of, con- I don't have a lot of confidence. They're going to play much anyway. That's true. That like is- Ben Goat said, said yesterday on Twitter, he goes, well, we'll see who plays. <laughs> we'll see which of these guys play on the fourth line. Yeah, you got to play more than four minutes, right? Yeah. Yeah. You think you think? So? Uh, it's the second game in. I mean, I know, you know, it looked like he, it looked like he did manage time pretty well. If you remember, maybe you remember between the first three lines. So he's not like, you know, it's the first game in. You don't want to start burning guys out because your fourth line, you know, can't step up or isn't good enough to play a lot of minutes. It's a long season. So yeah, I would think they have, no matter who's in the fourth line tonight, I would think they'd have to play more than what they did the other night. Here's the big concern. Uh, first two lines, no issue there, but that third line, Krebs, Patrick, and Dodonov, when those three were on the ice together in the first game, their Corsi was 16%. Their expected goals was 0%. Now, they didn't play a ton together because they were mixing and matching the lines quite a bit uh, because they didn't want to play the other two guys on the fourth line, not named Keegan Colasar. But individually, Patrick and Krebs were both below 40% in expected goals and Corsi. Uh, Dodonov had some success playing with like Marcia so or Colasar throughout the game, but they, they were not good that third line or individually the three guys on that third line against Seattle. Now it's one game, very small sample size, but they're like, if we're looking ahead to either, Hey, can Peyton Krebs make an impact? Hey, is Nolan Patrick of Guinea Dadnov going to be a good, you know, pairing with whoever the third player on that line is into the future. We haven't seen very much yet this year, preseason or now in one regular season game to suggest it's going to be a good third right. line. Now, that was the Long big time. thing in the offseason, but we haven't seen it. Like, we have not seen, hey, third line is going to actually be impressive going forward. All right, coming up, Jeff Erickson is going to join the show. We want your fantasy football questions. 69187. Text us your fantasy football questions right now to 69187. One eight seven. Make sure you put ESPN, those four letters, before whatever your message. So type ESPN, type your question, send it to 69187. We will ask Jeff Erickson next. Do you want to schedule a parent-teacher conference after hearing Grainy's grades? Call the Press Box voicemail and let us know. 702-720-4678 and let us know who deserves a higher grade. Yeah, I do have emotion, and, and, I, and I am sad. And to be honest with you, I'm sad for the whole Gruden family, okay, not just John. Uh, but at the end of the day, we're all accountable for our actions, and that's how we have to look at it. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is The Press Box with Grady and Bischoff. Joining us now is Jeff Erickson from Roto-Wire. If you have fantasy football questions for Jeff, 69187 is the text line. Make sure you preface that message with ESPN. So type ESPN and then whatever your question is and send it to 69187 and we will get it to Jeff for an answer. Uh, So Jeff, let's, well, let's start with tonight's game. Do this for me. Rank the Tampa Bay wide receivers for tonight. Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, and Chris Godwin. I'd go Evans first. Yes. Godwin 
second, Brown third, but it changes every week. And you know, here's the thing: um, Brady's so good, he's going to find the ones that are open, right? You can't you can't double all three of them, so someone's going to have single coverage and get open. And if he gets a modicum of time, it's going to be effective picking him apart. I think you know, Godwin's probably got the safest target volume, but he was also limited with the knee and ankle issues earlier in the week too. So. Some kind of watch for there. Um, yeah, I, I get it. It's frustrating when you have one of those guys that does nothing in a given week. Uh, you just, but the problem, the problem is they're too good. You can't bench them either. We're getting uh, uh, some buys, and then week seven, you really get into some buys for people. Um, have you seen in, in this week, Jeff, uh, some pickups on buys or, or guys that maybe you know aren't prominent yet, but you, you have to go get? Yeah, you know, you, you see a lot of, you know, planning ahead of time, too. If you've got a Chargers player or Cowboys player, uh, you might start looking ahead just to find someone in the bye week. You know, you maybe get the guy that's dropped this week if you've got mm-hmm. room on your roster just to make you know, the guy that's on bye this week so you can use him next week, uh, you know, whether it's a Falcon or a Saint. Uh, sometimes that, that that is an opportunity there. But, yeah, it, we're going to start to scramble. Between injuries and buys, it gets really thin. Uh, first question from our text line, start Marvin Jones or Melvin Gordon? Um, Going to have to wait until we find out a little bit more about Gordon's status. I uh, picked up another injury yesterday, uh, or another injury is reported in camp. He probably picked it up during the game. Uh, Williams was the better back last week between the two. So I'm leaning Marvin Jones, but he was frustrating too, uh, just because of the target volume. I think they try to make sure he and uh, Chanel get a little bit more volume this this week after her. Being, having a disappointment last week. There's some, uh, well, this will be highlighted because it's Vegas. We need the Raiders and a lot of stuff's going on this week. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater against the Raiders or Kirk Cousins? Cousins is interesting. I I think he really started off hot and he's kind of cool, even as good as Justin Jefferson has been. Yeah, uh, very frustrating in the last two weeks. Now, the, okay, the Browns shut him down. You're like, okay, fine. We'll chalk that up to being a really good defense. What about Detroit? You know, yeah. that was a very mediocre performance against Detroit. Now they're on the road at Carolina. This is a tough setup here. I'm going Bridgewater. It's not close. I mean, it's not great for e- for Bridgewater either. I don't think because I don't think he. I just don't think they have this that potent of an offense. It's 17 and 21 respectively. So Bridgewater, but it is close. Uh, where is Taylor Heineke in your rankings this week? 12. Uh, I like him a lot uh, this week against the Chiefs. You know, there, there's the st- there's the core 10 guys pretty much or so that uh, are going to be above him every single week. Uh, but he's like the, the top of the streaming targets this week. 69187 is the text line. Send your text messages now if you want Jeff to answer them. Uh, another one, Naheem Hines or DeAndre Carter in a non-PPR league? Uh, well, Carter's on bye, so that made it easier for us there. Okay, so there you go. Don't start the guy on a bye week. That would not be a good idea. Okay, um, I do want to ask you about the Raiders. I don't know how you can make any sort of fantasy impact from this or fantasy judgment from this, but are you downgrading Raiders this week at all? You know, I have no idea how to handicap this. They might be like all ticked off and want to go out and do it for Gruden, or they might be like, Oh, thank God we got that lifted too. Uh, I don't know. They played so poorly against the bears last week offensively that I can't help but think that they got to be better than that. You know, give some credit to the bears for taking them out of their, uh, their usual stuff. But, I'm not really changing the rank so much, trying to figure out what they're doing uh, a little bit more. I, I think you, you start Waller, obviously. Uh, you start Jacobs. Um, chances are you don't have a, a, you know, a, a three backs that are better than him or two backs better than him. Uh, the, the tough part is Ruggs 
Edwards, those guys, uh, and, and Renfro, too, for that matter. Um, those guys I'm probably a little wary of, although Pittsburgh threw pretty well against Denver last week. Uh, Baltimore threw pretty well against Denver a couple few weeks ago. So, you know, you can, there are targets to be had. I just think Waller's the only safe play. You know, it's interesting with Chubb because I think, uh, and he's questionable, although it seems like they'll both play. I think Cream uh, Hunt got hurt also. Um, is Cream Hunt, has he become a must-start? It, it just it seems like Chubb carries the water and Hunt gets the touchdowns. Yeah, you know, Hunt has the better fantasy role, even though Chubb is the starter and the better back, uh, if that makes any sense. Uh, but, you know, Hunt's the one that catches the passes and he steals yeah. goal line carries too. It's really frustrating. I mean, you start both. They're both in my top 15 this week. 69187 yeah. is the text line. Preface it with ESPN. Uh, Kyler Murray or Derek Carr? Uh, Kyler Murray. Even though, although, watch to see if there's any reports on his shoulder. He, he didn't run as well last week against the Niners. That might have just been the Niners scheming well against him as, as a divisional foe, but uh, I'm going Murray. Uh, another one from our text line, 69187 is the number. Allen Robinson or Zach Moss? Uh, the fact that this is even a question just reflects how bad of a season it's been for Robinson. Um, <laughs> I, I actually am going to go Moss on this one here. I don't love it, but I, I'm just really frustrated at the Bears' downfield passing game or lack thereof. 69187, I would assume in most weeks this would go to Mixon, but he has the ankle, although he played last week. All, all week, you know, they're saying, well, probably not. Then he goes and he plays, he actually scores. Joe Mixon or Leonard Fournette tonight? It's closer than you think. Fournette has kind of inched his way into being the starter for the Bucs. Uh, it used to be a full-on timeshare where you couldn't tell who's going to be the guy in any given week. I, I'm still going Mixon. Mixon, I've got, although Mixon didn't practice yesterday. I, I, if Mixon does not practice today, I think you take the safe play and start Fournette. If, although I think Mixon will play, and I have him above Fournette right now, if that makes any sort of sense. I'm just assuming he's going to be back to normal. Uh, Samaj P. Ryan's on the COVID IR for the Bengals. I think Mixon could get a pretty heavy workload this week. How good do you think Kadarius Tony's going to be with the Giants the rest of the season? I, I think he might be limited by his quarterback a little bit, but, man, he's got a lot of wiggle. I'll tell you that much. He looked really good. Chalk <laughs> uh, went up for Gettleman. Who knew, right? You know, this is, <laughs> like, a couple of teams knew. Uh, but a couple of teams were really upset when Tony went, went. They were thinking they were going to get him at the back end of the first round, and uh, when the Giants took him, you know, that was, that was a little bit of a surprise to some people in the room, but some teams were upset that they, they took him. So I'm impressed with him. I think he'll be a pretty good player. Uh, 69187 is the text line. Khalil Herbert or Melvin Gordon? Uh, this is one you're going to have to make wait to make the decision on. Uh, you have time, but you need to see those practice reports with Gordon. It's a hip injury. Uh, he missed practice yesterday. If he's not practicing Friday, then we're leaving Herbert. Otherwise, we're going with Gordon. Jeff Erickson, follow him on Twitter at Jeff underscore Erickson from Rotowire. Nobody better than fantasy. Get to Rotowire now. Uh, Tyler Lockett or Robert Woods? You know, that's, that's a tricky one because of the quarterback situation in Seattle. Um, yeah. I didn't even think of that. I'm, I'm going Lockett. I don't love, you know, I'm have, they're, they're like two spots away from each other in my rankings right now. I'm, I've got Lockett ahead of him. I'm not super confident about it, but you know, especially at Pittsburgh. But I also I wonder if Woods will eat again two weeks in a row or if they'll go back to feeding cup again just because it was a kind of a squeaky wheel gets the grease situation right. last week. Um, 
Actually, I'm going to read when I redo my rankings. I always do an update on Thursday. I think I'm going to flip off those. I'm going to go Woods here. <laughs> All right. Uh, here's another one from our text line. The, the waiver wire backup running backs that are now starters. Damian Williams or Darrell Williams? Damian Williams. Um, he gets the fantasy friendly role in the Bears. He got the goal line carries, got the, some pass catching. Uh, I don't think Herbert is going to catch a whole lot of passes. So. Um, I'll go with him over Daryl Williams. Uh, Daryl Williams has uh, got a good matchup, but I just don't think the Chiefs are going to be feeding him a ton. I think they're going to pass all over Washington. I mean, he went crazy last week, but I wanted to ask you because everyone didn't know how he'd be in his second year, and it just seems like Justin Herbert's completely taken off. Uh, what yeah. are your thoughts on Justin Herbert? Because, it, I mean, he's not going to do every week what he did last week, but, man, he, he seems you know very, very prominent in terms of continuing his development. Yeah, the fact is he even gets you some uh, points with his legs, too, which we like. You know, he had a rushing touchdown last week. Uh, he, he's not going to ever be co- confused with Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson in terms of his running ability, but he's a top-five quarterback. He, he, he's just solid in the Chargers. I, I think that offense is so much fun to watch. Uh, they've really transformed Mike Williams. You know, Lombardi said at the beginning of the uh, during the offseason that he was going to treat Mike Williams like he did uh, Michael Thomas down in New Orleans, and Sometimes that's a lot of you know, preseason hype. This time, in this instance, it's it's true. There was the one game against the Raiders actually where he didn't do a whole lot, but otherwise he's been a frequent target guy, not just a deep ball guy. Uh, Jared's been yelling at us this whole segment, so we'll ask this for him: Jalen Hurts or Aaron Rodgers? Please. I've got Hurts one spot ahead of Rodgers, seven oh. versus eight this week. I like them both, so uh, I go Hurts. Thank you. <laughs> So he is Jeff no Erickson from RotoWire. Jeff, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks, Jeff. Great job. My pleasure. Thanks, guys. Get to RotoWire. Nobody better in fantasy. You, you, you might have begun to RotoWire for your basketball picks. Oh, no, I should have totally. <laughs> like, my basketball team is a disaster. Do you feel more or less confident when you ask for Hertz or Rogers and he tells you, well, they're right next to each other in their rankings? Um. I feel I'm tech. The only reason I feel more confident because I was going to start Hertz anyway is because I, Aaron Rodgers had that one game, and since then he keeps getting less points than Hertz, and I keep not starting Hertz. So now I'm like, okay, I, he's one spot ahead. We're on the same page. That's all I needed to know. Hertz might be really good tonight, might also be terrible. Because the thing about playing yeah. Tampa Bay is they're a great defense, which can be good because, oh, you're down by 20 the whole game and you're just chucking it around the field. Right. Or, oh, you're down by 20 because you threw three picks. I thought their secondary was their biggest problem. Yeah. They're so it, good yes. up front, though. Yeah, you throw on Tampa Bay. You absolutely yeah, you should. But they're so good up front on that linebacker. In all seriousness, you should probably never run the ball right. against Tampa no. Bay. No. Like, you True. should literally, like, their run defense is unbelievable right. and their weakness is their secondary. But Jalen Hurts isn't exactly a pick-you-apart quarterback. Okay, I want to make the reference. The, the Tampa, Bay, Tampa Bay has a defensive tackle. I want to say it's Vita Vea, but he literally looks like Graveler from Pokemon. Yes, like he I know just, that reference. He just literally, like, I, I see him just sit there in the middle, and I'm like, that's not how a yeah. human is yeah. shaped. That's how Vita Vea is shaped. All right, coming up next. Oh, a great story where Lincoln Riley got beat by some student reporters. Jared's mouthing something to me, and I don't know what he's trying to tell Let's me to say. Let's do a giveaway. Okay, who wants we to win four some tickets to go see Las Vegas Concours Delegance? One of the top ten classic car shows in the world is coming to Las Vegas Ballpark Saturday, October 23rd. We got a pair of tickets for you to go see Las Vegas Concours Delegance 702 
three six four eleven hundred is the phone number. Caller number three at seven zero two three six four eleven hundred. Our stats hogwash. Are you tired of hearing Tyler do math on the radio? Call the press box voicemail and let us know. 702-720-4678. I mean, I think it's a lesson for everybody. I mean, not just people in sports, but it's not okay to think those things, and it's definitely not okay to say those things. And it's, yeah, when you're in the limelight and stuff, whether it's sports or anything else, but when more people know you, um, there's a little more responsibility to that. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Boy, they're coming after him. Vic Fangio, we had him on a conference call yesterday. They're all separating themselves from John Gruden at this point. It's amazing. All these uh, coaches on other teams are talking about it, but still not Mark Davis. Yeah. Uh, so here's a fun story from Oklahoma. Uh, Lincoln Riley, the head coach there, closed off viewing practice to the media this week. And the main reason that we've been able to sort of guess at here is because of his quarterback situation. Uh, they came back to beat Texas, but it was largely because they brought in their backup, Caleb Williams, over Spencer Rattler, who was the starter to open the season. Uh, Lincoln Riley has refused to answer questions uh, about who the starter is going to be and closed off practice. So the Oklahoma student newspaper, the OU Daily, published a story. And the uh, here's here's what I'll, I'll just read the first two paragraphs. As Oklahoma's quarterback battle continues to develop, freshman Caleb Williams was seen scrimmaging with the Sooners first team offense by the daily at practice Tuesday, while redshirt sophomore Spencer Rattler was working with the second team. The daily watched the offensive practice regimen from a public building near the OU football practice field with no athletics employees discouraging observation. The daily does not observe practice regularly, but did so Tuesday under heightened interest, given the situation. <laughs> they're on public land. So they're on public land. Yeah. Uh, when I was in San Diego uh, years ago, the Charger beat writers used to do this. They'd be up on a hill when they closed practice. Public land, you can be there. And they, too, had binoculars. <laughs> and they would report all the time the Chargers. And the Chargers could do nothing about it because you couldn't go to the public land and tell them these guys can't be here. They'd yeah. be like, no, they can do whatever they want. So you have it's two, two uh, bylines on this story for the Oklahoma student newspaper here. Uh, basically a coach saying, nobody can watch my practice. I'm not telling you who my starting quarterback is. So two students were like, all right, uh, this building, we can see your practice field from this building. We're going to go up there, grab a pair of binoculars, watch your practice, and then tell everybody who you're putting with the ones and who you're putting with the twos. Because they even went as far as Williams outsnapped Rattler 15 to 7 in pre-stretching portion of practice. Pre-stretch. And he was later seen primarily scrimmaging with the starting wide receivers while Rattler threw to the backups. Pre-stretch. Yeah. I'll say this. I think Lincoln Riley, it's okay. I'm all for uh, creativity when it comes to journalism. Now, I will say this. You and I are in the same boat when it comes to UNLV basketball because, you know, football, uh, see the stretch. If Kevin Kruger, much like Lon Kruger before him, and I think Marvin Menzies did this as well, and I know Steve Fisher did it when I covered San Diego State, we could always go to practice. Like, you can always go. Like, there's media availability, but if Tyler wants to go out to UNLV basketball practice, he's doing a story, you'd be able to go. Kevin Kruger would say fine. There's always the rule of, and I have no problem with this rule of, if we're doing something strategically, I don't yeah. want that reporter. 
uh, playing San Diego State this week. We're running a box and one on, on somebody. I don't want that in the paper. I don't want that Tyler talking to the radio. Like, I'm fine with that. I am, because you're allowed to watch the practice and get a lot of information that you might not ever have about kids and stuff like that. So while I love their creativity with the binoculars, if Lincoln Riley had this rule that you cannot report what happens at practice, I will back Lincoln Riley in that realm. I think he might have overreacted. And if I'm at the Oklahoma in the main paper there, I'm really mad because, as I said during the break, that's probably all they cover. And the beat writer's like, dude, I've got to get 10 stories the paper tomorrow. Now I can't even go to practice because of you two. So it's both ways. Well, no, I no, love no. It. Lincoln Riley shut down practice before this. The reason, the oh, reason, because the of the kids, quarterbacks. The reason the kids oh. went into the building to spy on them effectively was because Lincoln Riley shut the media okay. out before this. Well, you know how I feel about college football players who shut media out. Yeah. So <laughs> this was so Lincoln Riley shut them out to start okay. the week, and then yesterday <laughs> they is when the, the students, or two days ago, they went up to watch them. Right. And then as a <laughs> response to that, Lincoln Riley said, "We're not talking to the media the rest of the week." He canceled all media availability until post game Saturday. So this the kid the the students doing this was just a response to them closing practice ahead of time. Like Lincoln Riley was trying to get ahead of it. Like nobody can know who my quarterback is. But do you is. still feel that if there was a rule that you don't report happened practice, they were wrong to report that? That you don't like Lincoln Riley said you can come to practice, but I never want to see in any period uh, in any paper or anywhere what we're doing in terms of scheme or pl- starting no. lineup. No. If he had invited, if he had said, yeah, come watch practice, but don't say who my starting quarterback is, sure. But he didn't say that. He said, you can't come to practice. So they said, well, we can see your practice from here. We'll tell everybody what we saw. Great job by these kids. Just <laughs> Double a, byline. Oh, Big news out in Oklahoma. Right. Double byline.